Coming up on Locked On Bearcats, another piece of Desmond Ritter's legacy that doesn't even have to do with what he did on the field. Plus, why I am just so ready for the Bearcats to get out of the American Athletic Conference and into the Big 12 and the one impact of the success of Bearcats football that hasn't been mentioned yet, at least on this podcast. All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank, welcoming you to today's episode. So much to get to today. I want to start with um, Desmond Ritter. I want to start with um, football today. Um, Not a a whole lot of basketball news to get to just yet. Other than, of course, Houston did move up to number six in the AP Top 25. And that's what the Bearcats are facing on Sunday. So the number six team in the country coming to Cincinnati. Could be fun. We'll see. Anyway, so, you know, throughout this season, and this is Cincinnati football. By the way, how much fun is this? How much fun has football season been in Cincinnati this year? The Bearcats went to the college football playoff. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I I, I still can't process that. And and yet yet I've been a fan forever. Anyway, so... The one, so both teams were driven on the field by their quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter for the Bearcats, Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Both quarterbacks were number nine, which, by the way, number nine is a very good number for a quarterback. Heck, both starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl were number nine. So Desmond Ritter, um, much like Joe Burrow, and this is this is what the Bengals Super Bowl Super Bowl run has featured. One thing, and I wanted to hit on that here. Because it relates to the Bearcats. Both teams in this city had quarterbacks this season. The Bengals are going to have one for a long time, hopefully. Both quarterbacks are confident. They have a swagger to them. They have an edge to them when they talk and when they play. I mean, it's it's an earned confidence. It's an earned swagger. And Desmond Ritter... You know, in college football, the head coach is the face of the program because players come and go so frequently. It's not like the NFL where a player can stay for 20 years if you're Tom Brady or, you know, 18 years if you're Dan Marino or John Elway or players like that. But college football, the coaches are the face of the program. Like when you think of college football, you know, right now, if you had to name the most recognizable player, or I'm sorry, most recognizable figure within a program for the Bearcats, you'd probably say Luke Fickle. I mean, the same goes for Jim Harbaugh. He's the face of Michigan. The same goes for Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, Nick Saban in Alabama, and Urban Meyer for a while when he was at Ohio State. But it is ultimately the players on the field that are performing, and that's why Desmond Ritter... Is going is so revered throughout Bearcat Nation, throughout the community of Clifton. He's going to have his name in the Nippert Stadium Ring of Honor one day. It might come sooner rather than later. It should. 
But Desmond Ritter was essentially Luke Fickle extended. And that's why his legacy was he changed the trajectory of the program. And it's not necessarily for what he did on the field. Sure, he was a di- he was a dynamic playmaker on the field. We know that. But what Desmond Ritter also did was you wanted to tune in to his press conferences and hear what he has to say. We like to do that with Joe Burrow because he's seemingly saying something great every week. Like this past week, he said, I make a lot of money. To, I make too much money to have fake diamonds. That's a great quote, by the way. <laughs> that is a fantastic quote. But Desmond Ritter also, has also said some things over the years. There, One quote that struck me, go back to 2018, um, after the comeback victory against Ohio, where he said, when I step on the field, I believe that I'm the best player out there. And I was kind of taken aback by that. I, I, I kind of thought that came across as overconfident and arrogant a little bit. But at the same time, I'm like, he's got some confidence to him. And maybe his play on the field took a little bit longer to materialize that. But at the same time, at the same time, sorry for that glare in these blue lit glasses. At the same time, you saw Desmond Ritter had a cockiness to him. He had confidence and players galvanized. That galvanized the players. They rallied around that. It's what he's he wanted to tune in to press conferences to hear what Ritter said. I'm the when I step on the field, I'm the best player that's out there. Or when he was interviewed after the Bearcats won the conference title in 2020 on the field, Holly Rowe, fantastic reporter, interviewed him after the game and he says, long time coming. Just matter of fact. Now, obviously, he was a little emotional after that win because of all that happened in 2020 and coming so close the year before. You know, long time coming. Just casually, matter of fact, worked that worked that way in there. And eventually, the Bearcats were having Desmond Ritter speak at weekly press conferences. I mean, that doesn't happen in a school like Cincinnati that is still considered a mid-major program. But Desmond Ritter did that. The head coach, like I said, is the face of a program. He recruits. He built, He lays the foundation. It's his program. Players come and go too frequently to be the face of a program. Temporarily, you can. And I think Desmond Ritter was that. Because he reached such a status where he set multiple school records, where he set multiple conference records. He became that great on the field that he was like I said Luke Fickle on the field but you wanted to tune in and hear what he had to say because he carried that swagger to him he carried that confidence to him every time Desmond Ritter stepped out onto the football field and this was probably from 2020 on Desmond Ritter gave you that feeling of oh we're gonna be okay we're gonna be productive we're gonna score 40 points we're gonna win every game that's what Ritter gave you that's what Burrow's giving the Bengals right now. Ritter's legacy is that, yes, in addition to the head coach being the face of a program, so too is the quarterback. Especially at a school like Cincinnati, that's still a mid-major program, to have a player come in and extend what Luke Fickle's attempting to create as the foundation of a program. It takes a very special player to do that, 
And I believe Desmond Ritter is that player. Was that player for four years. Any quarterback that follows in his footsteps is going to have some tough shoes or a tough bar to measure up to. Desmond Ritter set the standard. You wanted to hear what he had to say every week. And once his play matched up to his confidence, it was a match made in heaven. It It was a deadly combination. Because he was so confident, the way he carried himself, his involvement as a leader, and as a eventually a father, and he's going to be hopefully married to um, Claire very soon. It, it's amazing how far he came because he came in with that confidence, and maybe it wasn't necessarily an earned confidence. It maybe came across as arrogant. It maybe came across as cocky. But once his play picked up in the second half of 2020, you wanted to hear everything he had to say. He was Luke Fickle extended. Coaches are the faces of college football programs. Bear Bryant, Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, just to name a few. But Desmond Ritter showed that a player can extend that face of a program onto the field and off the field. And that's with, that's with, College football players coming and going, entering a program and then leaving a program, whether it be the transfer portal or the draft, frequently. That's what Desmond Ritter did here at this university. Um, Up next, something I saw yesterday and something that I haven't really been paying attention to much this year until yesterday, but I'm going to start definitely once after, after the Super Bowl. Um... I saw something yesterday that made me realize that the Bearcats being in the American Athletic Conference offer severe disadvantages and limitations. And you probably already know them, but what I saw yesterday put all of that into perspective. All of that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I got to tell you about Bet Online. There may be betonline.net. Excuse me. We have to uh, say things differently now here. BetOnline.net. There may be, there might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, which apparently Josh McDaniels is now going to Las Vegas. BetOnline, he wasn't fired, but he's going to Vegas. Bet online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, and it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline. Where the game starts, betonline.net. And once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free, available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you on this Tuesday, February 1st. Happy February um, to all of you. The, the Bengals are still playing in February. That's good. The Bearcats are contenders for an NCAA tournament berth. And that's where I'm going to hit on here because... This is what playing in the American Athletic Conference irks me. 
Because I used to, because I remember thinking one day, oh, you know what? The teams in this conference play in major cities. Houston, Philly, New Orleans, Memphis. I mean, you, know, you, you can do a lot worse than that. But it turns out there are severe limitations and disadvantages. So yesterday I was looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Love Joe Lenardi. Um, he is as passionate of a college basketball fan and insider as there is. I, I no offense, uh, he's not Dick Vitale, but he's he's pretty good. Anyway, so Joe Lenardi had his latest bracketology out, and I looked at the conference breakdown to see how many teams per conference were getting in, and the Big Twelve leads the way with eight. Think about that for a minute. UC is going to the Big 12. Eight out of the 10 teams currently in the conference are projected to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, that is impressive. So that tells you Cincinnati's going to have a good chance to make the NCAA tournament every year. If they're 15 and six, and what are they right now? Five and three in conference play? In the Big 12, that would get you in. In the Big 12, that might get you ranked. And if not, you would at least be you would at least be receiving votes. But this is why playing in the American Athletic Conference is just what is there to it? And I say that because yeah, because that conference formed out of the you know the blue, so to speak, because the Big East separated. The Catholic schools all moved and formed their own Big East, which I'm going to hit on in this segment because that conference is pretty good too even though it's not a Power 5 conference. Anyway, so all those schools formed, the, formed what's now the Big East. And then you have, you know, schools like Central Florida, Temple, uh, Tulane, Tulsa, scraps from Conference USA, and uh, mainly there, but... And... It hurt, obviously, more when schools like Louisville and Rutgers left. Because what, what, what's in that conference now? Yeah, Memphis and Houston on a basketball level, but football? Yeah, UCF and Houston have been better, and they are going to the Big 12, but the problem with the, problem with the American is the bottom of the conference drags it down. Like, 2020... The Bearcats were the number one seed in the conference tournament before COVID canceled it. They would have been the number one seed. And yet, they weren't even a for sure going to the NCAA tournament that year. Tulsa tied for the regular season championship. They were the three seed. They weren't. It wasn't sure if they were going to go. Houston was the only team for sure because they were ranked in the top 25. The breakdown yesterday of Joe Lenardi's updated bracketology. You can check that out on ESPN.com. Big 12 is 8. Love it. Big 10 has 7. Little low, if you ask me. Big East has 7. SEC has 6. ACC has 5. West Coast Conference with 4. You heard that correctly. The West Coast Conference has 4. Pac-12 is 4. Mountain West has 3. So there's 3 conferences not in the Power 5, like the American that have more teams getting bids right now. If the tournament end, ended, I'm sorry, if the tournament started, if the selection, if the selection show aired tonight, three Power Five conferences 
not named the American would have more teams going to the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi, than Cincinnati's American Athletic Conference. I don't like it. I mean, Houston is the only team right now projected to make the tournament. SMU is a bubble team right now. Like, I, I just don't understand. The American Athletic Conference will always be dragged down by the bottom feeders. And look at the teams coming in. Rice, no offense to no offense to any of these teams. Rice, FAU, Colorado State, Southern Miss, UMass. I mean, I just, it's not going to get any better. And that's why I'm so happy UC is getting out of this. Because you're going to have more opportunities for national exposure. You're going to have more opportunities for better television deals. You're going to have Power 5 resources and allocations. So I look at those the bracketology breakdown. And I just think about you know, the years where the top of the American was good. 2018, Cincinnati was ranked number eight. Houston and Wichita State were both in the top 25. And those were the only three teams who made the tournament. Tulsa was a four seed. They weren't going. Memphis was a five seed. They had no chance unless they won their conference tournament. You're not going to get that in the Big 12. You finish fourth or fifth in the Big 12, you're probably still going to go to the NCAA tournament. I remember the Big 12 had nine teams recently in the tournament. Nine out of ten. That's 90%. And really, what does the AAC provide outside of traveling to major cities to play? The television deal is not very good. Yes, ESPN, a lot of teams now get to have their games streamed. But the Bearcats, I think no offense to any of those teams are above that. The Cincinnati Bearcats, as a historically really good college basketball program, that's won two national championships, been a six-final fours have had a handful of players come through the program deserve to be on ESPN numerous times a year not with the Americans television deal that I, I don't even know what the details are now it's it, it changed dramatically when he when, when the advent of ESPN plus and I think about the Big East because the other team the other college basketball program in this city plays in the Big East And I'm thinking about the teams that are in that conference. UConn, Creighton, Butler, Marquette, Seton Hall. And those teams, Xavier included, those teams draw major crowds to every game. You don't get that in the American. Houston, their fans don't even pack their beautiful new arena. Cincinnati's does. You will not see that when UC joins the Big 12. Oh, no. There's going to be packed houses. I'm watching Kentucky and Kansas Saturday night last week. I cannot wait for Cincinnati to play in Allen Fieldhouse. That place gets rocking before tip-off. Whew. Now, hopefully, once Houston and UCF and BYU join the Big 12 with Cincinnati, those programs will... I mean, they'll start to draw more fans to their games. But I'm just saying, like... UC's arena is by far the loudest in the conference. It's not even close. Memphis will get a lot of fans in their arena. I'll give them that. But you're telling me that Temple, Tulane, and South Florida attract fans? 
they don't. Every time I watch a game there, the arenas are 50% full at best. The Big East is way better. What does playing in the American Athletic Conference get you? Besides traveling to Philadelphia and Houston and Memphis and all the major cities and seeing what they're all about, what do they offer you? Not a whole lot. The Big East has fan bases. I, I didn't even mention Villanova. Excuse me. They, they, I mean, they have a large fan base in Philadelphia. The Big East has fan bases. So does the Big 12. Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, and Texas. Well, for now. West Virginia. The American doesn't have that. That's why it's just, it's boring. Like the Big East has, like I said, fan bases, name brand programs. They have a mate. They have a great television deal with Fox. CBS will air some games. CBS Sports Network, Fox, and FS1 will air the Big East tournament at the world's most famous arena. What does the American have? ESPN Plus, ESPN Two, U News. Just no. Just I don't like it. Thank goodness that UC is joining the Big 12 with some very deserving schools in UCF, Houston, and BYU. And I do wish Memphis would get a Power 5 conference, but I think they are deserving of one. Um, So I mentioned that there's not much to do in the American outside of travel to major cities. Um, That is a contrast to a point I'm going to make in my next segment about the one impact of the success of Bearcats football that has not been mentioned yet, or at least has not been mentioned on this podcast. I'll get to that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, a word from Rock Auto, as this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why you endure why endure, excuse me, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I've never been asked that, by the way. I don't have a minivan either. I don't. And wait while the person behind the, the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money while using Rock Auto because they are a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're at it, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And I'm going to sing that the next time that I have a Rock Auto live read. Love that. I love that Rock Auto is a sponsor now here on, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are getting major sponsors. I keep talking with um, the College Channel Manager, Zach Blackerby, about that. I, I, it's it's an exciting time to join the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's, it's Network. It's an exciting time for Lockdown Bearcats to be launched. It's an exciting time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. We welcome you back to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of every day, free and available on all platforms. All right. So I heard this yesterday. 
listening to Sports Talk after the Bengals winning the AFC Championship game. And one point that Tony Pike brought up, and of course it's Tony Pike, fitting for a Bearcats podcast. So Tony Pike brought this up about the impact of the Bengals winning and going to the Super Bowl is going to have on businesses. Excuse me. Sorry. On businesses. And that really struck me because I'm thinking about the impact of of what Bearcats football is going to have. And I remember I read an article last year during the pandemic when there was no sports. I read this article. It was an oral history on the 2006 George Mason. I'm blanking on their last name. Um, I want to say that. No, it's not the Comets. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Anyway. So George Mason. Ends up in the final four. And the article mentioned that attendance at that school skyrocketed. The impact that athletics can have on a university as a whole is monstrous. Same too for a community in a city. See, and this goes for a lot of cities around the country that had businesses closed or had decreased business due to the pandemic. A lot of businesses had to close in Cincinnati, bars, Cincinnati shirts. And they're now reaping some profits. Because that's what happens when a team in your city wins. Not only does it make you excited as a fan, but it also helps businesses. You think about, and I've mentioned this before, college, college football, a lot of the big programs are in small towns. I don't want to say small towns, but in rural areas. I don't even want to say that. Like in towns, not metropolitan areas. But the unique thing about Cincinnati is Cincinnati is a metropolitan area. It's a mid, it's a mid-major market. It's a it's a mid-market. But the fact that you have all these things you can do in Cincinnati, you can hang out on Calhoun Street. You can go to Mio's, you can go to Shortvine. On campus. Downtown, you can go to the banks. You can go to the Holy Grail. You can go to Smale Riverfront Park. You can go uh, anywhere. You can go to... You can hang out on Riverboat Row. Go to Newport Aquarium. Whatever. But now you also have Bearcats football. The economies of some areas can be majorly enhanced by the success of a college football program. Think about the University of Cincinnati. I remember when I got there, and when I when I was a freshman in 2017, the football team wasn't very good. It was Luke Fickle's first year. And, you know, people were interested in Bearcats football, but it, it wasn't that fever pitch like there was this year. Like, people used to go to Calhoun Street on the weekends just because that's what people did. But now you have people going to Calhoun Street before the game. You got them going after the game. They might watch the game there. If it's a road game there, they will. Mio's used to be deserted on game days. There weren't a lot of fans there. I mean, they they went for the Michigan game that year because we're playing Michigan. But I went to watch the Navy game there. Not really a lot of people there. You better believe that place is packed now. I mean, that's right on campus. Chad Brendel hosted a um, pregame show from there. 
earlier uh, this season for Bearcat Journal. I mean, it is the impact that Cincinnati Bearcats football has had on businesses like Mio's, you know, businesses on Calhoun Street, and they think about other places like Martino's, Bogart's. Um, they're, the impact that it had, the Bearcats football has had, because they keep winning, more fans come, attendance at the university is higher, which means more people can go to those bars. That's what an athletic program can do. That's what a football program can do. And you think about you think about areas, I'm looking at my notes, you think about areas like Tuscaloosa, um, Clemson, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge. They live off of game days. Like, I guarantee you, game days make up a large chunk of the success of their economies down there. When you have 100,000 people show up at Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, for an LSU game, and then they all go to the bars, Some they might go before and after the game. And if you have families coming in, they go on the weekends, which means it's more days and more, you know, more customers at your bars. That is significant. And in Cincinnati, which is a metropolitan area, and where there's more to, more to do than just college football, and prior to the Bearcats becoming a good program, fans didn't really go to the games, so that's less people at the games, which means less money given to, you know, ticket sales. Now you have that. You have people going to party on Calhoun Street or Amios and Shortvine after the game. For the Bengals and their success, you're going to have a lot more people going to the games. You're going to have season ticket. Um, the season ticket list is going to get larger and larger. I'm already a, I'm a part of that. My family's been that way since 1968, but you're going to have downtown's going to be crowded after games. You're going to have you know um, Newport crowded after games over the river because fans do come from across the river for the games. They they literally will take like a boat across the river to the games if you they if they live in Newport. I've seen that. So the success of Bear of Bearcats football for the university, it's gonna drive attendance. It's gonna, you know, help businesses around the community. It's the right time for Bearcats football to start becoming successful. They're gonna be joining the Big 12. Like I said earlier, we're gonna scoreboard watch religiously. In both football and basketball, I'm going to mainly in basketball because of how good that conference is in basketball and how competitive those games are. I mean, you're going to scoreboard watch Kansas every single game. Almost as much as you're going to watch the scoreboard of the Bearcats game. Maybe. But that's what having a good football program does. It's great for you as a fan because your team is winning. It's great for the university because attendance is going up, money's being pumped into the university and the economy for those businesses. That's what the success of having a winning college football program and a winning NFL franchise can do. Especially in a, like 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 I mentioned earlier with those you know, those college towns like Tuscaloosa and Clemson and Baton Rouge, game days, you know, that's all they got. It's literally the university and game days. And they make a crap ton of money off of them. Don't get me wrong. They make a crap ton of money off of them. And some, some of those economies literally are functioning with game day alone. And then whatever they get in addition is just like house money almost. I don't have, I don't have exact statistics on me. That's just what I believe. 
And I do believe, and I do believe that is widely true. I remember reading last year when there was concern about there not being a college football season or you know limiting attendance in, at some stadiums and universities. You know, some bars make their money and are able to financially be stable because of game day. In Cincinnati, it's it's so unique because you have a lot of things you can do outside of the games. But now because you have a, a football team that a college football team that's really good and an NFL franchise that's winning, ticket sales are going to start rising and businesses are going to be booming with customers. Bars, um, retail stores like Cincy Shirts is going to make money because fans are going to come to them to buy shirts. It's a big deal. Success of the Bearcats and moving to the Big 12, it can't be coming at a better time. Coming out of the pandemic, businesses are starting to pick back up. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. You know, especially for a team that has really kind of turned an eye at fans over the last 30 years, not so the last two years. Like you're seeing this city galvanized by what the Bengals have done. And you're seeing a university after Tommy Tuberville drove the football program into the ground, Luke Figgles brought it back, and businesses are reaping benefits from it. The whole university is. And it's great. It's a great time to be a Bearcats fan. It's a great time to be a Bengals fan. It's a great time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. And we're going to end on that positive note today. Here on Locked On Bearcats, plenty more to get to this week as we inch closer to the start of a massively important week for Cincinnati as the Bearcats men's basketball team hosts Memphis and Houston in two major tilts this week. Houston now up to number six. I also have been told and I've heard that there could be a major snowstorm later this week here in Cincinnati. Well, that just makes Groundhog Day more important, I guess. That's tomorrow, by the way. Uh, anyway, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, as you see on the screen, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3FrankieGmail.com. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free. And available on all platforms. I'm Alex Frank. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day.